Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello and welcome. And uh, I'm here. I'm live. I can't believe it. Boy, if I could tell you what I've gone through to... Uh, Oh, well, it's unnecessary, but I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to be alive, and hopefully uh, I'll be doing this a lot more often. Uh, On my last uh, call, or my last recording, maybe uh, if you recall, I was searching for my pin, and what I had done was I had uh, swapped from using my regular phone to using Skype. And I have changed the PIN number for some odd reason. But anyway, I got it all straightened out. And I'm just so thankful to be here today with you. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in Kentucky. It's warm. It's probably in the 80s. The humidity is pretty high. And uh, we had some tornadoes go through the area yesterday, about uh, 25 miles uh, all going west of where I live, and I'm just so thankful that uh, nobody was uh, injured, or I mean, there was injuries, but there was no deaths, and we're just so thankful for that, and of course, people's hearts just uh, have been pouring out as far as support and cleanup is concerned, and just uh, really, really thankful for that. Well, we're going to get started here. I'll say a prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I thank you, Lord, for all your blessings, and I just thank you. Um, I just thank you for everything, and I just thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, I just pray that those that do uh, catch the program and listen to it, you know, that their hearts are are inclined to find out. Thank you. And I just give you the praise in Jesus' name. I thank you. Amen. Okay. I'm going to read you a session here. It's called Adoption or Sonship. You know, as I've been making it clear, or as this booklet has been making it clear, the scripture reveals that man's destiny is to be fathered by God in an actual sense with his Holy Spirit implanted into our minds to engender us as his literal begotten children. A few verses from the Apostle Paul have been interpreted to say that God adopts us rather than directly begat us as his children. What difference does it make? And what is the truth of the matter? As typically rendered, Romans 8.15 says that Christians have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we can cry, Abba, Father, says that we who have 
the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our body. The next chapter says that Israel, God, was given the promise of according to uh, most English translations, adoption, similar uh, 9.4 in, uh, in Romans, and in Galatians 4.5, and in Ephesians 1.5, in the New King, King James Version, both use the phrase adoption as sons for the standing God gives us. A number of versions, however, instead use the term sonship or something like that as the New International Version does in Romans 8.15, in its early, in its entry, an adoption explains that the original Greek word here is hutes, from husus. Okay, now let me spell this to you. This is H-U-I-O. T-H-E-S-I-A. And who's, who us? You'll have to forgive me. I'm just really not good on these words. H-U-I-O-S. A son and theus, a placing. So the placing as a son. Scholars have noted that um, this word was used a few times in the ancient Greek word in reference to adoption. And that is you know, certainly fitting. Adoption means taking a child of other parents as one owns son or daughter. It is a wonderful and noble act to provide a home and family to one who needs it. And it is typically a great blessing to both the adoptive parents and the child. There are many who accept and love their adopted children as much as they would a child of their own, as well as they should for He or she is the human being made in the image of God. Consider that Jesus Christ himself was essentially adopted by Joseph, who was not his real father, because that being God the Father. Yet, there are problems in applying the terminology of adoption in relationship with God. Some might imagine that we are transferred from our biological parentage or from the devil as a father, and you can read that in John 8:44, to God as our new parent. Yet all human beings are ultimately God's offspring from the start, even biologically. As he was the father of Adam and Eve by creation, and because he is involved in the pro creative process in the womb and you'll find that in Psalms 139, 13-16 Satan has been a father to people only in the sense of wielding dominion and influence over them and raising them in his way yet they are truly God's children and he redeems them, buys them back, God does through his plan of salvation Moreover, when God spiritually engenders us as his own children, produced from his own being, this is no way equates to adoption. Adoption of children 
is a mistranslation and misleading. God does not adopt believers as children. They are begotten as such by his Holy Spirit through faith. This is important to recognize as it is directly impacts our destiny in human adoption. The adopted children are as much as the new parents, yet only because the children were adopted from other human parents who physically begot them. But if God merely adopted us and did not truly begat us in his image, we would be different kinds of beings from him altogether, as he would not be adopting us from others like himself. It could be likened in some sense to adopting a pet as a family member. Sadly, this is close to what many versions that we are and forever will be totally different, lesser kinds of being not. And so they have no problem with taking the Greek word in question in the verses we've seen to mean adoption. But this notion of God's purpose for us is not the truth. As scripture clearly makes it clear that God actually begat us spiritually in his own image with the intention that we ultimately become the same kind of beings he and Jesus Christ now are. So what was Paul talking about? Well, certainly applicable to adoption. Paul obviously meant it in a different sense. We can start to see what he means in Galatians 4, 1 through 5, translates the word as four types of sons. Notice why, from the context, what I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had truly come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Note that in a parallel, that one receiving adoption was already the child of his father, who was setting him as such. So this circumstance was not adoption. Paul's imagery fit well with the Roman world at the time. You know, history will um, tells us the child himself absorbed into the most basic and characteristics of the Roman institutions, the patriarchal family. The power of the father was nearly absolute. He alone of the family had any rights before the law in the early republic. Over his children, he had the power of life and death and sale into slavery. By Paul's day, this had softened somewhat, but it was still generally the case. During a boy's teen years, his father would determine when it was time for him to pass from childhood to adulthood, typically around 14 or a little later. In a formal public ceremony, having put aside his childhood toga, he would appear in the toga 
villas are the atoga of a manhood, mark of citizenship, and his right to now vote in the assembly. When the boy was ready, the procession to the forum began. The father had gathered his slaves, freemen, clients, relatives, and friends, using all of his influence to make his son and imposing. Here the boy's name was added to the list of citizens and formal congratulations were extended. Finally, they all returned to the house, where the day ended with a dinner given by the father in honor of the new Roman citizen. A son's status was elevated at this point. He was now legally invested with all the rights, powers, and privileges of a son and heir of his father and of a citizen. This coming of age at maturity must be what Paul is referring to. God was begotten us as his children. And in one sense, he reckons us as already having reached a certain maturity, considering us beyond the sense of being as slaves to being set as sons with certain privileges. Yet the fullness of our coming of age is yet future at the time, the revealing of the sons of God in the resurrection. Notice Romans 8.23. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us, is a foretaste of future glory. Also grown to be released from the pain and suffering, we too wait anxiously for that day when God, who gives us our full rights as his children, including the new bodies he has promised us. So these verses from Paul do not in any way take away from our destiny as God's full and literal children. Indeed, they only confirm and clarify this incredible Bible truth. And there was one more session I wanted to read to you, and then I will start. What is your destiny? And this is early theologians on becoming divine. While the biblical concept of dedication or citizenship, exaltation to godhood, is commonly ignored or dismissed in modern Christian teachings, this doctrine was well established among early theologians in mainstream tradition. Through the writings of these men are not always biblically accurate. The following quotes from their writings demonstrate that in the first centuries, after the New Testament was written, many the clear implications of the teachings on this subject. Now, Justin Martyr, or Martyr, M-A-R-T-Y-R, Psalms 82, it is demonstrated that all men are deemed worthy of becoming gods and having power to become the sons of the highest. We have learned that those only are defiled who have lived near to God and holiest and are defined. We have learned that those only are defined who have lived near to God in holiness and virtue. Theopolis of Antioch wrote, If he, man, 
would incline to the thing of immorality, keeping the commandment of God, he should receive not immorality, but immorality. That's what it says. If the man would incline to the things of immortality, keeping the commandment of God, he should receive as a reward from him immortality and should become God. Irenaeus wrote, For we blame upon him, God, because we have not been made gods from the beginning, but at first merely men, then at length gods, although God has adopted his course out of his pure benevolence. He declares, I said, ye are gods, and you are the sons of the highest. How then shall he be a god who has not as yet made a man? Or how can he be perfect who was but lately created? How again can he be immortal who in his mortal nature did not obey his maker? For must be that you at the outset should hold the rank of a man and then afterwards partake of the glory of God. There is no other called God by the scripture except the Father of all and the Son and those who possess the adoption. Clement of Alexander wrote, Yea, I say the word of God, Christ became man, that you may lean, learn from man how man may become God. But that man with whom the word dwells, he is beauty, the true beauty. For it is God, and that man becomes God, since God so wills. Hercules, the ancient Greek poet, then rightly said, Men are gods, and gods are men. It leads us to an endless and perfect end, teaching us beforehand the future life that we shall lead according to God and with God's. After which redemption, the renewed and the onerous are assigned to those who have become perfect. When they have got down with purification, then become pure in heart and near to the Lord. There awaits them restoration to everlasting life, and they are called by the application of gods being designated to sit on thrones with other gods that have been first put in their places by the Savior with the other gods who are ranked next below the Savior. Turtling said, it will be impossible that another god should be admitted when it is permitted to no one other than being that possess anything of God. Well then, you say, we ourselves at that rate possess nothing. of God, but indeed we do. We shall continue to do. Only it is from him that we receive it, and not from ourselves. 
for we shall be even gods. It we shall deserve to be among them. He declared, I said, you are gods. And that's Psalms 82.6. And God stands in the congregation of the gods. But this comes of his grace, not from any property in us, because it is he alone who can make gods. And Hippothias, and you shall possess an immortal body, and you shall be a companion of the deity and a co-heir with Christ, no longer enslaved by lust or passion, and never again wasted by disease, for you have become God. These gods has promised to bestow upon you because you have been defined and begotten into mortality. You shall resemble him inasmuch as you shall have honor conferred upon you by him. For the deity does not diminish anything of the divinity of his divine perfection, having made you even God into his glory. In our origin, O-R-I-G-N, the firstborn of all creation, Christ, who is the first to be with God and to attract to himself divinity, is a being of the most exalted rank than the other gods beside him. Of him, God is the God, as it is written, the God of gods, the Lord has spoken and called the earth. It was by the offices of the firstborn that they became gods, for he drew from God in a generous measure that they should be made gods. And he communicated it to them according to his own bounty. The true God then is the God, and those who are formed after him are God images, as it were, of him, a prototype. For he, Christ, was made man that we might be made God. He Christ God and then became man and that to defy us. And Augustine of Hippo said, but he that justifies does himself defy in that by justifying he does make sons of God for he has given them power to become the sons of God. If we have been made sons of God, we have also been made gods. Now, in reading that, um, I want to emphasize that the gods that I spoke of, us, is a small g. So we are not a large g, but a small g, the son of God. Well, Now, just to give you a little bit more, and I apologize for uh, the timing here of reading those things, and I want to let you know something. In fact, I'm not even going to get into this other section because I want to talk to you for a little bit. You know, 
a lot of you may come on this program and you hear my stumbling here and there and everything, and it's like, I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm just a man that loves my Lord. I love my Lord Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for me for my sins. Because, you know, all of us are sinners, you know. But once you come under the mercy and grace of God the Father, you still sin, but you don't sin like you used to. And if you do sin, you repent. And the repentance is like, you know, you, you tell them that you're sorry. And you do it then when you know you're wrong, when you know that you, you've transgressed in the wrong way. You know, you immediately want to seek that forgiveness. And you have to understand something. This is my truth. This is the way I see it. A son and a father. God is my heavenly father. I want to do the best I can do with what he has given me to do. He gave me the ability uh, to do several things, and I hope and pray that I work myself into doing, you know, that. And the Holy Spirit with me now. I've, I've got the Holy Spirit with me. So the Holy Spirit and I together, you know, they're going to complete me, and I am. I'm going to be great. I am going to be great. I'm going to be a child of God, a complete, whole child of God. And part of my duty is to share, you know, my truth with you. And my truth is God loves you. He loves you so much that he's willing to forgive you for anything and everything that you have done. See, Moses, when the time of Moses was along, he gave him the law, you know. And if you go back to the Old Testament and read Moses and you read the law, we go running through it. And I'll tell you what, it is just, excuse me, my talking clock has gone off. Next time I'll make sure to put that out, out, (laughs) put the clock out. But um, I just want to tell you that uh, he loves you. I said that he loves you. He loves you. And like I stumbled through this, but that's okay. Because the message is God loves you. You know, I'm not perfect. You know, someday... You know, when it's all said and done, you know, I hope to achieve that point where I don't worry. I don't worry about it. I don't worry about anything now. I leave it all in his hands. God is joy in my life. And if you don't need a joyous Christian, then I'm, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, do you really have the joy of the Lord in your heart? Do you really have the joy of the Lord in your life? Because no matter what comes my way, I know he's there. I know he's there for me. I know he's there to help me. And he'll see me through it as he'll see me through what I'm doing right now. And along the way, you will notice a difference. I'll become more steady and more more advanced in, in, in sharing these words with you. But I'm going to have fun in doing it because that's what my father is. He's love. He's joy. Joy is a peace. Joy is a comfort. Joy's understanding. I make mistakes, but my Heavenly Father, He's there. He forgives me. 
And I don't repeatedly make the same mistakes because I don't want to keep hurting him or myself. Because when I do bad, I feel bad. I don't like to feel bad. Well, listen, uh, I only did 30 minutes today, so I'm going to be wrapping this up. And I just thank you for dropping by and listening to the words that I have spoken. And uh, we will continue with more of what is your destiny. We'll pick this up uh, Friday. Um, Unknown uh, what form it will be, whether I'll do a live uh, show or whether I'll just do a recording. But whatever it will be, I will be with you on Friday. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I just thank you for each and everything that you do in my life. And Lord, I just pray that those that have heard these words, dear Lord, will seek you, you know, because you are, you are what makes, what makes us. You are what makes us complete. You are the one that gives us comfort. I thank you, Lord. Well, have a great and glorious day, and we'll talk to you later. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.